Hey everyone, welcome to the world's okayest entrepreneur, the podcast for the okay entrepreneur who doesn't have an MBA and is just kind of figuring out on the fly. I'm your host, Andrew Vomhoff, and I'm here with my co-host, Larissa Loden. Today on the podcast, we have Aaron Wordy, who is a Kobe-approved certified consultant. If you've never heard of Kobe before, that is understandable, but you're going to end today's conversation wanting to take your Kobe because I think what Kobe does so much better than anything else is it helps validate why you feel like you are the way you are because it just measures your instincts at the end of the day. And it then helps you kind of analyze the tools and resources you might need to help you push through your barriers. Is that a fair way of kind of surmising it, Aaron? Absolutely. Spot on. Cool. All right. So first thing, Aaron, how did you get introduced into Kobe? Oh, what a good question. So it's going back a while, probably about 14 years or so ago at this point, I went to a financial planner. My husband and I were recently married and, you know, trying to start to get our lives in order. And he is the one that actually gives Colby to each of his clients, not as a way to determine their financial plan, but as a way to understand how to communicate with them, how to help them problem solve, how to help them make decisions. I found it to be very interesting and really revealing of my instincts, what I need professionally, et cetera. Then at the time, he was looking to get a division of his financial planning firm up and off the ground based around Colby. In my world, professionally at that time, I was not utilizing my instincts. And so I was really just looking for a new opportunity. And the stars aligned. I went to work at this financial planning firm for about a year and a half. We then decided that it wasn't fitting in the model of a traditional financial planning firm. And we moved my, this entity outside into my own independent consulting company. Interesting. <laughs> and so what was your interest in, you have a BA in psychology, correct? That's correct. And then a master's in, mm -hmm. is it a double master's or one master's? I have a dual master's. Ooh, you did your homework. I did. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a dual master's in social work and public policy. I did the dual degree program over at the University of Minnesota. Okay. So is that when you're, when you're at your financial planners, did your spidey sense go up then because of your interest in psychology? And you're like, oh, interesting. It was. So I think that that was really what drew me to Colby. I at the time was working in the nonprofit sector. I was doing fundraising, which is, you know, what I thought I wanted to do. Uh -huh. And really what it came down to is I truly wasn't able to use my instincts. Okay. Right. We'll get into it. But I'm the person that needs a lot of structure, a lot of order. And my boss was totally opposite. What I now know is we could have been extremely synergistic, but, you know, we were butting heads. It was more conflict written and... It was just not going anywhere that I was going to be the employee that I wanted to be. And so this opportunity kind of spoke to my love of psychology, spoke to, you know, some of the work that I had done in my master's program around human interaction and things like that. And really just kind of, you know, if I'm also being really honest, I just needed something else to do professionally. And this was a really interesting opportunity. Okay. So were you always the type of person, even when you were younger, who needed a lot of structure then? Absolutely. Absolutely. My favorite day always in middle school was they, they gave us these like blank planners. Uh -huh. And then I got it right in my syllabus. And what, you know, when all the tests were, I'm pretty sure you're like cringing right now. <laughs> I will let you look at me. And I know. 1,000% you could see my brain. I was totally. like, oh my God. I was like, I hate this. But I loved that. And then I could just, I my semester was planned and 
Mm -hmm. that made my need for structure very happy. I felt like I was the type of person who wanted to be the type of person Mm. you were, but I was never in practice the type of person that you were. I was like a chronic procrastinator. Yes. When they give you the planners and they tell you to fill them out, people like me love it. People like Larissa, not at all. And so I just what a powerful moment from early on where the education system does not match our instinct. Right. Right. Where we are told we are supposed to act this way because this is the right way to do it. But in reality, there's only a small subset of the population that does get really excited about the planner. Totally. And I think that's interesting. And I think we'll dive into our findings because I feel like we're pausing a little bit because we're like, we have information that we're not sharing with the audience. But I think that is like certain systems are set up more naturally to something. And I think it makes a lot of sense now looking back and being like, it's understandable that there's so much friction between like who you are and like what a system might be sometimes because a system, it really might work for like 20% or something like that. But the other 80% is like, I don't know, y'all. Like, yeah. And I think that's like my entire upbringing is like, I'm like, I don't know, y'all. This really isn't working for me. But I just didn't, I didn't have the menu options of what were my other possibilities at that point in time. You didn't have the menu options. And I'll even go like a step further. I, I don't think that society does. I don't think our educators do. I don't think our schools do. And if you have the teacher that loves the planner, loves the structure, then they're gonna keep trying to teach you or show you a different way. But that's what they're driving to because that's what they know. Yeah. And then your instinct is just going to be pushing back. It's just not speaking your language. So you think that's changing in education now? Do you think they're trying to tailor it to to each person's strengths? Is Is this a relatively new, like a new practice? Okay, my, you know, this is kind of my disclaimer, my... My thing for education, my like theory on education, and I see this in other places as well, is I feel like they're trying many different approaches, but that instinct is still being highly ignored. Okay. Right? So they're still trying, well, how do we get you to structure? How do we teach you structure differently? How do we get you to structure it differently? The best way for you is actually going to be no structure at all. Right? And so I still feel like We're trying these individualistic approaches, but we're missing the undertone of instinct. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, as a former educator, I guess I'll just like, I will say like the thing that I would, if done, and it takes the most amount of effort because it takes the most amount of trust is like project-based learning because you can like, it can be a little bit of choose your own adventure a little bit. So the person can kind of pick, but that might be just me too. And being like, that was my freewheeling type of like, I get to choose my own adventure. Whereas some people might be like, I want to have that. Like, you got to tell me I want a six page paper or whatever. If you told me to write a six page paper, I'm like, you're just trying to kill me slowly. Yeah. Where do I start? You know? Yeah. Okay. So I think that this makes, and I'm now just like, I think to kind of clue in our audience a little bit, like take us through the Kobe, like of pretty much like there are four main, like kind of give us like everything. Like I'm five, Aaron, and I've never heard of Kobe, which is like all of our audience right now. What is it? Like, how do you use it? What are the things in there? And then we'll dive into what our Kobe's are. Sounds great. Okay. So fundamentally, Colby is a tool that is all about instinct. It's all about this third part of the mind called conation. And this term conation is defined as action derived from instinct. It's your gut. It's your default setting. It is how you take action when you don't even realize that you're doing so. And this is the crux of what we're after when it comes to Colby. I always like to include, too, what Colby is not. 
It is not personality. It is not social skills. It is not IQ. It is not EQ. It is not experience. It is nothing to do with the cognitive thinking or affective feeling part of the mind. We are just focused on instinct. And that's just kind of this high level of what Colby is. Within that, there's four ways that Colby has defined in which you take action. And everyone is a number somewhere on these continuums, which we aggregate for a whole result. So the first Colby action mode is fact finder. And fact finder is defined as how much, uh, how much information you need to gather and share. Am I very detailed? Am I more about simplifying? Second Colby action mode is follow through. And follow through is defined as how you organize, right? Am I highly structured, need everything in order? That's more where mine is cueing my excitement at middle school when we got this planner. Or do I need things to be very sporadic all over the place? Third Colby action mode is quick start, which is all about how you handle risk and uncertainty. Let's go, let's do, let's try. Or am I more on this place of stabilization? We know this works, I'm going to stick to it. And fourth Colby action mode is often the most confusing and it's implementer. Implementer is about implements or tools. It's about space and tangibles. Do I need to be, how much energy do I have around physically using my hands? Those that are much higher on there, I want them doing physical work all day. Manufacturing, orthopedic surgeon, doctor, dentist, where they are not sitting behind their desk. If you're lower on the implementer, then you can envision, conceptualize working in accounting, finance, insurance, operations, things like that, where there isn't a physical output, but that completely works. Makes a ton of sense. For yeah, it makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron. so what is your Kobe? So my result is 7832, which I know does not, you know, really add up to for the listeners yet. But what it shows is that I need specifics, so I'm detailed. I lead with structure, a system. I will stabilize when it comes to risk. And I will envision when it comes to how I use tangibles. You don't need to physically show me. Just describe it and I'm good. Okay. And what am I? You're three, two, nine, five. Again, not, you know, doesn't mean much yet to the listeners. Don't give me too much information. Don't give me a whole lot of structure. I want to take a whole shitload of risk. And I need a tangible to show that what I'm doing is real. And we could, we'll talk more and more about it, but it is very like textbook visionary. Yeah. Right. Lots of risk, lots of uncertainty, lots of unknown. But that is where that level of energy is sky high for you. Yeah. And then what about me? Okay. So let's talk about yours. <laughs> so Andrew's Colby was interesting where in the world of Colby, it came back inconclusive or what us Colby people call in transition. And I see this result about 10% of the time, and it's indicative of a period of stress in somebody's world. It can be personal. It can be professional. I've seen all kinds of divorces, empty nesters, people going through gender transformation, which is just fascinating. Mm -hmm. And Colby will also indicate the mode that you are in transition on. So which questions were answered with this ambiguity, with a lack of consistency? Mm -hmm. And for you, it was about risk, right? Where sometimes you feel like you need to be taking a lot of risk and get to be. And sometimes it feels like you need to be or have to stabilize. And that was enough. So the Colby algorithm was like, I'm not really sure what this means. Right. And I feel like that made so much sense to me 
when I got my Kobe results because it showed me that I, I was torn between these two areas of basically, I was given two columns. One was you either feel like you want to race the clock, innovate change, experiment, promote alternatives, or you want to avoid chaos, standardize things, remove uncertainty from your life. I feel like I've been stuck trying to avoid chaos and standardize, but what my body or my brain wants me to do and what I feel is so drawn to is experimenting, racing the clock and innovating. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with just this period I've been in my life in the last few years where I've been, I feel like I have been in transition and kind of weighing these options of like, what am I doing with my business? I've been doing it for 12 years now. So it would have been at the 10 year mark. Things just felt kind of in transition. They weren't as happy. And then six months ago, my business partner and my wife stepped away from the business and moved on to a new career outside of the business. She just stepped back. She still does some things in the business, but she, she's not as much of a part of business as she was for eight years before that. So I think that is where a lot of that stress comes from. And I think there's so much to unpack about this transition result. But I think on the surface, what it shows is that we can work against our instinct, but it's really painful. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, one of the first questions that I ask people is like, are you really tired at the end of the day? I do a lot of talk in my work about energy. I think as society, we talk so much about time. Oh, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. This takes too much time, et cetera. But I don't think we do enough talking about energy where I feel like sometimes people have the time, but they're just spent. Right. And so when I asked you that question of, well, are you really tired at night? You were like, yeah, sometimes I'm even tired when I wake up in the morning. And I think that it's this constant working against the grain. It's this constant working against what our gut instinct wants to do. That's tiring. Yeah. I mean, because there's even times where I would be tired in the middle of the workday while I was doing it, or I couldn't even get the motivation to do the thing that was in front of me. It's like my body literally just would not lift its arm to start doing the thing and implementing, essentially. Yeah. Can we go deeper here for a second? Okay. Why do you feel this need to stabilize? Like, why do you feel this need to protect the status quo when your body is urging you to do something else? I would say, I mean, I think a lot of it has come from the fact that our company was both my wife and I's sole income. And I felt like we were both, like the company was growing and growing and growing up until 2019. And then uh, we were making these moves to like keep growing the company. And then the pandemic hit. And I remember when we found out we didn't have any shows coming, like we that all the shows we had planned for the year, because our plan for 2020 was to literally kick in-person shows up to like the next year. Mm, how did that work out for you? It didn't. No, That's I know, like, I know. The entire plan, <laughs> like we literally had both woke up in the middle of the night when we found out that South by Southwest was closed. And this is before anything else was closed in Minnesota. And we were like, we need to make up a new drawing plan for this entire year, if not the next two years, because this is something's did. This is not going to be the way the year is going to go. So like we have to figure this out now. And so what happened then is we kind of got into this mindset that we might lose the company this year if this shuts down because, and that was the big scare for us is like, we don't know where this economy is going to go. And I think what ended up happening is we just went into survival mode for two years. Yep. And we were just taking on every project we could. And revenue wise, we had two of our best years, but physically by the end of it, we were exhausted. And then what followed that was we lost one of our dogs died uh-huh. unexpectedly over Christmas of 2020, 2022, 2021, end of 2021. And it made me just kind of reevaluate the my purpose in life because I was sitting there kind of reflecting on it. Uh-huh. And then we both just for that next year of 2022, just kind of had this feeling of like, why do we even work this hard to do this anymore? Like if it's not giving us the results that we feel like we we want, 
if we don't feel like we're making the money that we feel like we should after working for 10 years on this thing. Uh-huh. And then we just kind of like went into this like year long reflection. And then it wasn't until last year that my wife finally was like, I think I need to join a team somewhere. I think I actually need to like step out of the business and start working in a more team oriented environment. And I was like, I agree. I feel like that's something that she's wanted, but I felt like I didn't, I didn't have. And I felt like we just kind of wanted, instead of, instead of just being each other's bosses, we just kind of wanted to be each other's spouses at that point. That was like comfortable for us. I then, my feeling, my instinct when she left was just to feel like all I wanted to do was just experiment. I just wanted to change things. But that's pretty hard to do when, or at least I was telling myself this, it was hard to do when, like, how do I keep money coming in? This is how I've standardized it. But what I was afraid of is that risk. So it's not until now, after I've gotten through this holiday season, basically running the business alone with some, some help from some temporary employees and Hannah at times, that I realized that it's going to be okay anyways. I should just take the risks. And then, but now going into 2024, I feel more, more directed towards taking that risk, more directed towards that comfort zone of that, that first column of racing the clock, innovating, experimenting, and promoting alternatives to what I've been doing versus just maintaining the same thing, same products that I've been maintaining for the last 10 years. I love that. Um, and I appreciate how you brought that full circle. I think you need that yin and that yang, <laughs> right? So if I'm working with you, I'm thinking like what, and maybe this is something that Hannah or other people working with you and know your business. Well, these are like the three or four core things or core products. These need to stay the same, right? These are the things that we are going to stabilize. But other than that, you get to let your quick start go, right? Other than that, it's what can we try? What am I rolling out that's different this year? Um, how am I, you know, leveraging these vendor relationships differently? How am I leveraging these customer relationships differently? I don't know what that risk looks like, but you're going to need a both and. And I think for you to be pulling back and pulling in your need for taking a risk, my opinion is I think it's it's actively causing more stress and more stifling versus being in your flow state. Right. I think there was something interesting that I was reading while I was reading, like going through the the Colby and it mentioned like imagining times in your life where you felt the most comfortable. Is it? And there's these points that I, I noticed that when I had taken a risk and gone for a shoot and then I, I, had, I had achieved that goal uh-huh. or that thing that seemed risky at first and had made it through it, that what came after that was, it was like risk, stability, risk, stability. It was like, because I took a risk, more stability came after that. Because I took a risk, more stability came after that in a way. Were, were you driving towards the stability? I don't know if I was necessarily driving towards the stability as much as like, I don't know if this is going to work out, but it seems cool. And then what ended up coming out of it was like either more revenue or another cool project or things like that. It was like what I think I had redefined what stability had meant. Stability to me had just meant more cool projects at that time. Whereas at some point, what ended up happening when both of my wife and I's income was dependent on our business is that more stability meant more income, right? So when I stopped focusing on more cool projects, which inevitably meant more income, and I was just focused on more income or more revenue, then the risk-taking stopped. Yeah. Then it was like, we'll just keep doing what's working, right? Versus experiment. Experimenting leads to cool projects. Yes. Cool projects lead to revenue. So it's logic versus instinct. Right. Right? Like, I feel like you let the logic side of you win, which is fair. Very right. fair, right? That logic pattern makes a lot of sense, but it shortchanged the joy that you get right. from the risk, from the unknown, from the we could, from the let's try, from the what if. Right. And I, th- I think I thought back to those moments where I was taking more risk and getting more cool projects is I actually hadn't, I, was, I wasn't even paying attention to money that was coming in. 
and the revenue, I remember just quoting projects out, finishing projects and moving on to the next one without even thinking about the money that was coming in, knowing that I had set up this the way for me to for me to create the products and create these custom projects for people in a way where I knew it was going to make us money. And then it, I would like a month down the line, look, look at our books and be like, holy cow, we've made a shitload of money, uh-huh. but not even having, having thought about it. Uh-huh. Right. And I think that's where I've been trying to get back to that is like when I follow that instinct that I've had, that's been so good for me for so long. I know it, I know it creates this form of stability that I don't have to think about. Right. Cause I don't want to have to think about that stability because it's in a way it's stability is not comfortable technically for me. Cause I get, I feel like when I've been at a quote unquote stable place, it can get I, itchy. I get itchy. Or if I'm at a quote unquote stable job where I'm sitting at a desk and it's very comfortable, I'm yeah. making my every, every couple of weeks I get paid. Yep. I, I literally remember times at those jobs if someone was like, can, you, can somebody go out and do something? I'd be like, I will do it. Please. I will jump out of my seat and I would literally run. And this is like in New York, I would like run to the location. Yes. I was like, I just need to get this energy out. Yep. I would challenge you to think about the way that you think about stability. If I'm talking to somebody that's higher on the quick start, I'm, you know, looking back at Larissa here, needing that risk, needing that uncertainty, risk and uncertainty actually makes a more stable life for them. Or maybe more predictable is a better way to look at it because that traditional sitting at a desk, I'm collecting this paycheck and I do this paperwork and I punch out at five, that will run its course for you, right? It'll right. make you feel itchy. It'll make you feel uncomfortable. It'll make you feel drained. And so I would actually argue for you that isn't conventionally that brings stability. But for you, I don't think that's going right. to lead to long-term success or gratification or fulfillment. Right. I feel like it creates for me more mental instability, which I think is like one of the things that I've noticed has cropped up in the last few years for me is like, I've experienced depression when I had really experienced this type of depression this last summer. Uh, I hadn't experienced that in probably 15, 20 years. So I felt like I'd gotten past it. It was like in this like period where I was experimenting, I was in school. And after that, I was racing. I was like moving to New York, trying to build my studio practice as an artist. And then at a certain point, things just got comfortable and then it became too comfortable. Uh-huh. And then the mental instability came in. Yes. Where it's like everything is too routine now. Yeah. Sometimes routine and Routine and stability is is not going to be the end goal, right? That's not mm-hmm. going to be, there's that, I'm looking at Larissa, like that chase is really exciting. That what if, it's not creating a life filled with routine and known outcomes, that's boring. Yeah, it's so interesting because I know you know, I know Erin knows because she knows. It's like, I actually once had a different Kobe, which is very not standard, but I like, I like to say I tricked the Kobe. I got to take the Kobe like once, like six years ago. And mine was 4466. And Erin and I had also like a debriefing and she was like, you know, you'll talk to them, but it's like, you're trending in the right way. But I was very much so like, I tried to take the Kobe not instinctually, but as how I thought a good leader should take it. Because I think it's like interesting hearing you talk about it, Andrews, because I think we've very much so the stories that we tell ourselves, it's like, it makes us feel as like, to trust instinct and gut. Like people just mm-hmm. want like quantifiable, like I want the fucking data. I want all of these things. And I'm like, I don't have that for you. I will never have that for you. And like, I mean, I can get that for you. Don't get me wrong or whatever. But I'm like, sometimes it's just as like, you got to listen to your gut and your natural instinct. And like that freaks people out. Like they just are like, I can't hold it. Or like, I can't, like, I can't understand what you're understanding. I'm, it sometimes is like, I don't understand it, but I do know it's like when I've gone against my instinct, real bad shit has happened for me. And when I listen to my instinct, honestly, some pretty rad stuff has happened. 
And I used to think, and I think it's so interesting because you were like, it wasn't really until you said it and like, it's been my own personal like journey lately is like, but you said you're like, it should feel easy for you. And I was like, when I would like, I would be like a good boss is like somebody or like a good leader is somebody that is like, I'm like, I love spreadsheets and like, I love these things. And oh my God, it would take so much energy for me. And then like, I just started kind of being like, I'm going to be a little bit more me. Uh Mm -hmm. Like really, truly like this past like year, year and a half. I mean, I think like also like the pandemic and like raising children will fucking fuck you up in a certain way. But like, I really like in a good way, everybody, but it was a journey. (laughs) I'm just finding myself. But I mean, I was like, I didn't think of them as gifts. Like I didn't think like when it feels like for some reason when it's like instinctually you and it's easy, why would anything good be easy? Like, Hard is what it is like. Everything should be, why does everything have to feel hard? Like, I don't know why, but that is like a story we tell ourselves is like, it should always feel hard for some reason. Like, why can't it, like, why can't you grow a kick-ass business and like do what feels right and like grow? Like, why does it always have to be this like shitty energy level of like, it's so hard sometimes. Like, and if it's not hard, it's not right. Do we think that, and I'm just theorizing here, do we think we think if it's hard, then we'll get a better result or that we've worked harder so then we will earn more? I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of stories like, hey, like, you know, hustle culture is a thing for sure, you know, and I think a lot of people are kind of examining it now. Like, I think it's this tricky part of like work does need to be done. Like there is work, you know, but I think we don't think about the fact that like, I think that's like a little bit like, especially for our audiences because they're like they're very much so like small businesses you know they may have like a couple of employees or just be a solo entrepreneur and getting those first couple of hires are like the biggest hurdle sometimes especially for like true visionaries because like man manage people what <laughs> you want me to do what like I am like your first your other boss that they were like a little like whatsie woozy like conceptual <laughs> like what do you do and it's not to say that I'm not a good boss or manager but it's like I think I've realized I'm into this point where I'm like I've now hired people that really like structure to provide other structure to people that really need it. But then some people on my team really don't want that level of structure. So we're just really like trying to find it. But I think I've told myself these stories of like, it has to be hard. But I think in the beginning, at sometimes when you're trying to figure it out and trying to find that like your yin and yang, as you kind of said, like, I think that's hard, especially when you don't have this type of information. And I think that's why it's so impactful is because before you're just, you have a brain and two hands, like, I bet you could help me. And you don't even honestly go deeper than that. Sometimes you're like, you know, because you're like, maybe you go a little deeper than like you have a brain in two hands, but not maybe not too much deeper sometimes because right. you're in the beginning, you're trying to be a little bit more scrappy. You're like, I can only pay you like X amount of dollars because resources and everything. But I think you could still like, you know, with the Kobe, like get a lot closer to like what you need. And I think it's really like honoring what you're good at and then finding somebody that is honoring what they're really good at because it is like I have so many people on my team that fucking love a spreadsheet and they do oh man you know my team they do I'm over hired in one department you really kind of swung that pendulum the other way and full transparency so we did this here at Larissa alone and we did the entire team and Aaron was like wow you guys really pick a certain panache of a certain flavor here and I like looked at it and I was like holy bananas, high fact finder and like follow through, like, but like, you know, like to the nth degree. And I was like, Aaron was like, you're kind of like your own island over here, Larissa. So at times when you feel like it, 
difficult for you. It probably is because people aren't moving fast enough. And for other people, you're not going slow enough. And so there's like friction here, which friction is fine, but I've kind of like come to acknowledge it and then seeing other people do stuff. I went off on the tangent, people, but you followed along on my journey. So here we are. (laughs) And now you're singing about it. And now I'm singing about it. But I think like that's what it is really to bring it full circle is I can see where Andrew is and I could see where a lot of our audience might be is like you're like very much the people like the world. The story we tell ourselves is like society has said, like, I need these things, Mm -hmm. but you really aren't acknowledging what your natural instinct is. And there's some friction here. And I think until you can really acknowledge that, like, it's a gift, like, these are your gifts. Absolutely. I don't think you can get past that. So, like, I think you need to acknowledge that these are your, like, sweet ass gifts, you know? Right, right. And I think that's something that I've been thinking about a lot more of about this summer, even this summer when I was doing business coaching, as they were saying, like, well, look at look at those, look at your, some of the things that you see as that are causes that you instinctively do. Basically, I mean, the Colby said it itself, but things that you instinctively do and don't see them as weaknesses, but try to see them as gifts. Try to, if you're telling yourself you're doing something wrong, like look at that thing you think you're doing wrong and see if you're just telling yourself you're doing it wrong or if that can actually be a gift for you. So Kathy Colby, who's the creator Mm -hmm. of the Colby Index, still living, still working, you know, early 80s, lives in Arizona. Obviously, I think the world of her, but she emits that, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is truly about your natural talents. There is, you know, Colby does numbers as part of the score, not because a one is bad and a 10 is good or vice versa. It is really representative of how you want to spend your time and your energy. Mm -hmm. And from doing this work for, you know, just coming up on 13 years or so, Every, this is so cheesy. I don't consider myself to be like this Pollyanna person, but every number is positive, right? If you're a one, a 10, an eight, and whatever it is mm-hmm. in between, this is a talent that you're bringing to your work. But where I see the downside is when you're trying to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. When I see the downside is, oh, Larissa does this. I really want to be more like Larissa. So I'm going to do it this bullshit. Larissa does this, so I need to do this, and then together we can make magic. Right, and owning it, I think that's the hard thing is so many people have a hard time looking at themselves and and being truthful with basically with who they are versus who they think they want to be. Oh, yeah. And I think that's, I think, again, like Larissa had that same problem. is like, but this is what a good boss does. Mm. This is what a good business owner does. And I, I had the same issue uh, when we were hiring our employee back in 2019 is I saw how good my employee was with correspondence. I saw how good my wife was with just the organizational managerial part of our business. And then I looked at myself and I said, I'm not good at either of these things. I can't, I have a horrible time writing back to emails with people. I'm not as good with this, like planning, planning out the schedule, planning things like that out. And I kept telling myself, maybe you should just take a step back and let them run the business because you're a bad business owner. Really all that, all you should do is you should just go in the back of the shop and work, keep making products because that's all that you do. Oh, when you say bad business owner, I think we both had just like this very physical reaction. Yeah. If you are not very structured, then the inverse is that you are highly flexible, Mm -hmm. right? And that flexibility is invaluable. You know, I tell that flexibility is what all of my clients wanted and needed on their team. That fateful weekend in March of 2020, when everyone had to work from home and not see another human being in 48 hours, Mm -hmm. right? That's when you need the flexibility. When the plan changes, you need that flexibility. My structure freezes when the plan changes because I don't have the structure. 
And that feels highly uncomfortable. But that's when I need to call in your talents to say, oh, well, fuck it. We don't have that structure, but now we get a pivot this way. That's awesome. Yeah. The pivoting for me in 2020, it felt like a gift. At certain points, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it, was, it felt like a gift for maybe a year. And then it started to get old because I was like, like I don't know how many more times I can pivot or pirouette. Yeah. Because this, this is getting really old. I, I think I might need a little bit of a, I need to be able to see more than three weeks ahead of me right now. Yes. Which is, it's, it felt like every three weeks yeah. to a month, we had a new direction that was just like a life-changing moment for, for the world. And I was like, okay, the first time it was great because I got to just be like, yeah, what are we going to, okay, new, new obstacles. Let's strategize this. Let's do that. And then eventually it just, it got old. And anytime you're overutilizing any of your instincts, it will get old, Yeah. right? So I've talked a lot about my need for structure, but I've got two young kids, a household to manage, kids calendars. Like there are times where my need for structure is like, I am done. I am spent. <laughs> and I hear that in your need for flexibility too. Yes, I can be highly flexible, but after reinventing my business every three weeks for the course of a year, yeah, that gets a little tired. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And that's when we need to take a step back. We need to do something that rejuvenates us, do something that where we stop striving basically for a period of time so we can re harness that energy. So we can reutilize those talents Mm -hmm. Um, because they are going back to this kind of energy being finite concept. Your instinct and your energy will still be finite. I just think you're going to get the most out of it when you're doing, when you're taking action in the way that's most natural to you. Right. So how does someone, how do people like say Larissa and I, how do we recharge? So what is that? What is the recharge? Is it literally not doing anything? So, okay. It's a little hard because I don't know your whole Colby result. Oh, that's true. Because I'm indecisive right now. Exactly. But I think you've got, Larissa certainly does, but I think you for sure have some- Implementation. Implementer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yes, exactly. Before Andrew took this, I was like, if he is not high on implementer, then I don't know him anymore. I might as well just give up in life. Yeah. I'm definitely an implementer. So how do people like me who implement a lot, how do we- Uh, So my example of that, when I walked into the studio today, you were like- so laser focused on the right. equipment, like my first cue where I was like, oh, for sure. And then as That's I've like so funny. That's so true. learned more about <laughs> your work, I've been like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Once, so how do you recharge? I want you to do something physical that isn't part of your daily world. Okay. It's like gardening. Gardening. Go on a hike up north. Go camping up north. I don't know what is. <laughs> wow. Is she reading okay. your first reading my mind? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what is, no, this is literally the second conversation yeah. you have ever had. So I don't know you well enough, but I. You kind of nailed it because I like mm-hmm. literally bought a property up north last year. So I had Did a place to that. hike and camp. Yeah. I mean, master gardener over here, yeah. like master yeah. gardener. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. need that. You need that physical to recharge. So a little bit more about me then is that we always had our business, but then we were always flipping a house in the mm, meantime. I'm not surprised so where by I was that living, at all. Yeah. So I'd like get done with work and then I would go work on our kitchen or basically redo a whole bathroom or yep. basically flip the entire house and sell it and then find the next dilapidated house to do or build my own shop, but also work full time down in the cities and drive north, to build my own shop. Yep. So it's like this constant physical, but different. Yeah. I was energized. I'd get home after working a full day implementing and then I'd get home and I would have something else to do that wasn't work, but it was still, I'm still putting something together. You got to try the Lego train here. I love Legos. Yeah. yeah. Like you got to get on the Lego like camp here. Let me but tell see, you, Legos. There's a part of me though, if it's not going to do something, right? 
If it doesn't Legos, serve a function? If it doesn't serve a function. So gardening serves function to feed me. Uh-huh. Butchering my own, own meat serves a function to feed me. Building my shop serves a function for me to work in. My house, again, building it, like working on a house, serves my function to, I guess, I don't know what's going to happen when it's done, but serve my function to live in it. So um, like, I made this really beautiful Birds of Paradise Lego that I'm going to be bringing here as decoration, and that is going to be my plant that doesn't right. die. <laughs> Good idea. I've been watering this cactus over here for every time it I come It looks so here. good that you've paid attention to it. That so. is so funny. Okay, I'm a little a little surprised by your Lego-ness because it's order. Yeah, that's super fair. I really love a good, like, nondescript follow the book mm. kind of one. But I, you know, five on the implementer, so I do like a little bit more tactile. That doesn't, the fact that it's something tactile, that doesn't surprise me at all. I'm a little bit more surprised by the structure of it. Yeah, I mean, I like to do the build, but I would say also I'm very happy to break the whole thing apart and then just actually create it. I think I like I like to know always like I'd say that's like the true thing about Andrew and I is we've always been very process oriented. Uh. So I'm kind of at peace where I'm like, this is also my first Lego build I've done by myself, everybody. So well, not my first, not my second, you know, so also like, yeah. Yeah, like I don't have like a whole entire like collection of Legos here, but I think I was like really curious about like this whole adult Legos thing. And then I was like, I want to build it. And then I was like, I might at some point tear you all apart and see what else I could make out of you. No, I'm not like going to make a giant mausoleum of Legos that I can share or whatever. Okay, the fact that this is new-ish to you or your second one, the fact that you're really curious about what else this can be, that is much more aligned. Oh, yeah, I don't have a giant mausoleum. Yeah, I'm not surprised if I'd like drop it off like the face of the earth or whatever, too, but... I'm very tactile, but I've been trying to find other activities that literally aren't business related. So I've just kind of been on this like journey of what are the other things out there that I could do? I feel like because she's learning it, and I've seen this with her before, is like when she's learning something new, she's going to follow that book over and over and over until it's not new anymore. Mm. And then she's like, innovate. Yeah. Interesting. I like to kind of like, I like the learning is the doing, like very much so. Like I like to, uh, I have no like qualms at all. Like, I'm like, oh, you want me to start this thing? Yeah, whatever. That's like, you know, and I'll learn through the process of doing it. But I do, I get disinterested through the process sometimes. But I also am like thinking about, I'm like, oh, this could be different. Like this could be like, my brain is like, my brain is a wandering all of the time. (laughs) So yeah, those things much more aligned with what I would expect you to say. And you know what? In two months, it's probably going to be something else. And that's awesome. Yeah, I know. But I think that's where it's like, and you saying that, and like, if this was Larissa, like eight months ago, I would have been like, chip on my shoulder like I'm gonna prove you wrong Aaron like I am just gonna be like I mean but I what I've really come to be like out of that then is I was like fair could be a true fact could not be a true fact but I think what I've really realized is my hopping aroundness is my gift because I have so many weird dot to dot connections to things like I can see out like oh this connects to that and that connects to this and like I can zoom out like way further and I think it's because I just like to experience all of the things and all of the pieces and everything. Absolutely. And I think that's also such a value, too, that we've been taught by society. You have to pick one hobby or two hobbies. Bullshit, right? Who cares if in two months you decide Legos is, maybe you will, right? Maybe you will. But if you don't, oh, well, there's a million, you know, 3D puzzles may be your thing next. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe they will. But who, it doesn't matter. This is like for you to 
to recharge and to rejuvenate and to do something different. So enjoy it. Yeah. I think that it's very interesting that we're having this because literally I was talking to a coach today and like I was like, I want to increase my frequency of working out. But I was like, I literally cannot do a five day a week boot camp. Like it's just too much. And I was like, I think I just want to like try a couple of classes. Like I tried hot yoga. Wow, that wasn't for me. Like I tried it out, but like trying out those like things. I think it's like acknowledging that it's okay. Like not, I think it's this weird thing of like the story we tell ourselves is like that you've got to stick to something. Like if you don't stick to something, like, you know, like that's not a good trait or something like that. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. but the alternative is, and I think that's what's interesting about Kobe is it wouldn't say that, that it's not good. It's that you... How actually would Kobe spin that one? It's like more like, because that's what I think is cool. It's like, it's not a spin, but it's like the the opposite of follow through kind the of. The word like, that goes with your talent on the follow through is adapt. Yeah. Right? So I see this need yeah, to. That's ad- it. Yeah. I see this major need to adapt in you. I'm going to adapt to these different likes. I need to adapt to these different kinds of workouts. And that's a talent. Yeah. Right? Like that is great. You tried hot yoga instead of like sweating through this really uncomfortable thing for the next year because you. Fuck that. No. Like now you can try something else. You're highly adaptable. And I think that we've been taught to some degree that like you need to be very structured and but bullshit. Like let's let's start meeting people where they're at. And that is just not going to be what keeps you engaged. I think that's really what it is, is like that's I think two is like the one that I was like, oh, that word feels a little judgment. What you even redoing it again is really like because two's top is follow through, you know, and yep. I'm like a two. And I was like, oh, low follow through. I don't know how I feel about that, but it is very I'm very adaptable. Like literally, like I think when you came in, you could throw me in an art fair. You could throw me at a conference. You could just throw me into something. Yep. And I'll be like, I'll figure it out. I got no worries about it. Like I mean, you could drop me off in a foreign country and I'll be like, mm-hmm. I'll find food and I'll figure out my home. And, you know, like I am born to be a YouTuber where you're like, give me a penny and I'll find out what to like. That is kind of that is always a fun thing is like the unexpected. Yeah. Like being like, I'm in a foreign country. How do I get out of this airport? I remember the first time I went to Paris and I was I don't know French, but I'm going to figure out how to get out of this airport yeah. alone. And I was like, I figured out how to get out of the airport alone then to city center. And it's like that type of stuff is always it always feels so good when you do it. Right. I think it's also so easy for us. And I think that's where we forget that it's a skill. I'm my I'm like sweating over here. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, when you say have done a little bit of international travel, but it is this is how we're going from the airport to the hotel. And I want to do this. And I, it, it's not this free flowing. And I feel like just as much as each of you have expressed this desire for structure, there's also a desire from us structured people to be more free flowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just not me. It's just not me. So where is that desire then? Or wh- where does that come from? Because if if someone like you wants to be more free flowing and maybe someone like us or someone like me, for instance, I feel like sometimes I want the structure, but if I define it wrong, it becomes a problem. Uh. Right. So where does that come from? Or is that is that just the yin and the yang thing? The fact that like it's we know it's there and it's kind of pushing against us. I think it's yin and yang and I'll kind of take your question in another direction, but circle back. I Sometimes I do some work with couples mm-hmm. and it's really this like more and more often I find the opposites attract. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there is this side of us that sees this other person, you know, romantic or otherwise, that's like, I need that in my world. And I think sometimes we want to bring that out in ourselves. And I think sometimes it takes a lot of work to realize, you know what, I just truly have to come to terms and peace with the fact that that's not going to be me. But here are other ways that I can still incorporate this into my world. My husband, 
many ways. He's my total, especially in Colby terms, he's my total opposite. Mm-hmm. Right. He is the person that when we travel together and, you know, I have this whatever, this car that's supposed to show up and they don't show up. He's the one that's like, well, we could do this, 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 this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, deep breathe. My plan didn't work, et cetera. Right. But I know that I can rely. I've learned that I can rely on his instincts and his talents to kind of put me back on that path that I need to be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that also exists in my relationship with my wife is that we oftentimes I can walk her off the edge of a cliff and in many times she can basically create structures that we don't end up at the cliff. Yes. Guardrails. Guardrails. Mm-hmm. That's always the, it's always like the thing I look at is like, I think we have a good. They're not jumping off the cliff. You're just paragliding We're off just, the cliff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Calculated. Right. We're still yeah. fine. We have ropes on. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's yeah. why I'm like, we're it's fine. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah. Real seeking. Calculated risk. I mean, I think that's the thing is it is like calculated a little bit. So I think that's interesting. And I kind of would love to dive into it because like I actually didn't know you did this for couples. And I was like, oh, man, I need to have Aaron to do this here. Yeah, this would be fun. But you've done it for my company, too. And can you just talk a little bit about how you've actually come to help people utilize? Like, it's so good for self-awareness. But like, tell us what are the other like places that this can have major impact in your life? Like if you were like person listening, first off. Go take a Kobe. Uh-huh. And then what do you do after that? Like, what do you do after that? What's the follow through? Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a good question. Yeah. Um. Yes. Oh, gosh. So many things. Go take a Colby, period. Yeah. And then what I really love to do is I really love to sit down with people one on one and say, you're a three, two, nine, five, or you're in transition or you're at this. Let's like roll up our sleeves and really dive in deep into what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it depends on the context, right? So if it's a spouse, their spouse is taking the Colby. And then we can use a report that takes two people and really outlines how they work together. It's really for the professional space, but there are many ramifications that come through in the personal space as well. If you're looking for your team, that's when I'll do a team session similar to like what we did here. Colby is also EOC approved to use in hiring. So I do quite a bit around hiring as well, because it's one thing if we have this like really great job description, but if you have a fact finder follow through or a quick start, no matter what that job description looks like, they're going to take the role on very differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I do quite a bit of work in that space as well. What does EOC stand for? Uh, the Equal Opportunity Employer Commission. Okay. I didn't quite do that right. No, you're good. Dumb thing. I've seen that before. E- I do yeah. follow it. But yes, like I, yes. Equal yeah. Opportunity Commission. Is that what EOC? Equal, oppor- equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Okay, EEOC. Anyways, what we're saying here, people, is it's a good thing and yeah, it's yeah. approved where it needs to be approved. There and you, you can use it in your hiring. There you go. Yeah. I love Simplify. it. Simplify. Thanks that for is, bottom lining that for us. Yep. Uh, yeah. That is one of my skill sets that I've learned yes. is that. And I may try to overcompensate sometimes in meetings and be like, I'm going to simplify. But yeah. <laughs> Not too much. No, just the right amount. Oh, no. So yeah. <laughs> Great use of your talents. Great use of your talents. So yeah, it depends on context. It depends personal, professional. But there are... You know, when you say I didn't even know you worked with couples, I really am Colby first. The majority yeah. of my businesses are companies. The majority of them happen to run on EOS because there's such a close relationship between EOS and Colby. But I've worked with families. I mean, there's a lot of interesting implications here. Yeah. So it's so interesting then that you built a business around this. <laughs> That's so to me, because probably because I'm I am the implementation and I 
kind of always think of businesses like like you build something and then you sell that thing, like a product, for instance, right? Like jewelry. Like jewelry. Yeah. Right. Or bags or boxes, things like that. But when I hear someone like you who's created a business that's based on this other thing that just seems like like it's just air, air I'm always curious to know like how how you've been able to do that. Oh, that is such a good Colby moment. I mm-hmm. can envision, mm-hmm. right? And so my P&L tells me that I built a business. My bank account tells me Mm -hmm. I built a business, my reach of contacts, my podcast interviews. All of these are indicators to me that there's momentum, that there's energy, that there's excitement, Mm -hmm. referrals. And so these are all metrics that I use to say, I've built something here. And yes, your, you know, maybe seven or eight implementer would be like, but what is it? I can't touch it. I can't feel it. Therefore, it can't be real. But my two implementer is going to say, it's imaginary, but it still exists. See, and I know it exists and I know yep. it's real. Yeah. But then I'm like, but then, so my brain, who's always, when somebody gives me a problem or someone's like talking about a business idea, I go, my immediate brain goes like, how? This is how we're going to do it. It's how we'd advertise it. This is how we'd sell it. This is how we, like my brain kind of goes there, right? Uh-huh. And then, so that's where I was like, how did you build, how did you continue to build the business? Yeah, through relationship, Mm -hmm. right? So right around the time that I was kind of getting my start and kind of backing away from this financial planning company into, you know, really being solo was really the time that EOS was gaining traction, haha, pun intended, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in the mini, thank you for laughing at my cheesy joke. um, (laughs) Took me a second, but now I'm like, oh, she said traction. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, slowly but surely, I connected with EOS implementers And so for companies that run on pure EOS, Colby is the preferred people tool. There's a lot of challenges with that dynamic. And so for many EOS implementers, they will say, okay, you know, I'm going to introduce Colby. I'm going to give you like a little bit of a flavor for it. But if you want to know more here, talk to Aaron Wardy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I got connected to Larissa, reconnected to Larissa. And so that that's really how I've built the business over time. I also kind of circling back to that story in the beginning, this initial financial planner and that firm that I went to work for, that certainly provided me with relationships and contact. Uh, so that's also kind of helped me get my start. And then it's just grown and webbed and mm-hmm. morphed from there. Yeah. So I guess I literally just had an epiphany, but I have a question with that epiphany, which Absolutely. is like... So the fourth quadrant is Implementer and Kobe. Yep. And I'm very curious if on the physical side, if you're like kind of more where Andrew or my are, it's going to be way more likely that you're going to have a product-based business versus like on the other side, you're going to have a services-based business. Absolutely. I've thought many, 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 many times about like, oh, I think I could sell a program and whatever, but I'm like, my brain breaks. Like literally I'm like, I think, and then my brain breaks and I'm never, but if you were like, we've got this other idea for this fucking kid suitcase and I'm like, I'm this close to going to Alibaba right now and being like, let's go. I can, I can understand it. Like I've like physically felt ones before. I've kind of sketched it out and everything like that, but like a program like this, ethereal, like whatever. Yeah. I'm like, so is that like a very real thing? Very real. Okay. Very We're just real. not wired like this, See, that's Andrew. What I was, that's what I was trying to kind of getting to with the oh, question. Sorry. No, and that was what I was getting to with the question I asked you. And that's why I asked you, like, how did you build this? Because for me, I'm always curious, like I, I'm fascinated by it and I see people who do it. And then I keep thinking to myself the same way Larissa did. I want to create a program or a, an app or something like that. That's not quite so physical. And then I'm like, but I don't even understand how it gets from 
one to 10, like it has for you. Uh-huh. And so that's where I'm, what you told me, which was so important was like, you, you basically, you're an expert at building relationships. And that's, that is the, that's the, that is the physical thing there uh-huh. that we can't quite touch, but it's there. And exactly. it's so important to all of us. And to me, that's, that's fueling, that's fulfilling, mm-hmm. that's satisfying. It doesn't need to be a glass or a kid's suitcase in order for me to feel like it's real. Right. I can close my laptop at night and be like, damn, that was a good day. Right. That but would you, be much harder. And then you can also bring things like this thing you brought Larissa today. Yep. That's a visual. Yeah. For people like me. Yep. Exactly. I can go, oh, I can hold on to this. I can look at it. And it's literally a thing that I, I can understand. And what I'm pointing to is there's a, it shows our chart. Basically, mm-hmm. it's a little, it's a handheld. What would you call that? I call it, uh, it's a frame. A frame. Handheld frame that shows us what our numbers are. Yeah. And so three, two, nine, five. So once again, like the columns are fact finder, follow through, quick start and implementer. And three is simplify, which is my uh, zone. And uh, yeah, as Erin, when she came and explained it to me, it was like, I don't need a ton of detail. And what I'm really good at is like simplifying for people. Like I (laughs) overhired in this area and I have an exorbitant amount of fact finders. I want to say I overhired. It was just like, what presented itself. And now I've really been reflecting on this a lot. And we'll dive into this in a question because I selfishly am going to ask this question, but it's like, and then two is adapt. And we just kind of dove into that a little bit. Um, What's the, so like on the opposite side of simplify is what? Specify. Uh, Yes. Specificities. Okay. I will never write an SOP for the life of me. Simplify versus specificity. Uh So is, is specificity, that's a hard word, is specificity complicated and simplify is simple. Mm-hmm. There's a, this is my own fact finder coming in, my need for specifics. There's also a band in the middle. Okay. So the numbers when we're looking at a Colby is one through threes across the grid are a talent, sevens and above across the grid. But then we have this really important band that's four through six yeah. that are always going to be the middle ground. Okay. Yeah. And so then for follow through two is adapt, which is me. And then what's on the opposite? Systematize. Systematize. Yep. So what, what does it mean when somebody hits the middle of all of them? What an excellent question. Whoa. They're, they're a mediator or a facilitator in the world of Colby. They're oh. all about team. Okay. So if I'm talking to a manager and they're like, I've got this person on my team and they're great. They're great. Everybody loves them, mm-hmm. but I don't really know how to read them. 99% of the time they're a mediator because their talents are all in the middle. They have energy in all of these spaces, but they don't initiate in one way. So it's hard to kind of track or gauge where they're at. Okay. That's a fun question. Yeah. Very insightful. I like yeah. that. Sorry, are they the ones that would be like the cheerleader? The one who's like, yes, we can do this. Or is that somebody else? They may or may not be the cheerleader. They're really the aggregator, okay. right? So. Even in this conversation, I've gone into too much detail as I'm totally running the risk of right now. And Larissa is probably going to simplify what I have to say. But sometimes there's this conflict that can happen because I'm trying to say, but wait, there's this one more thing and this one more. And she's like, stop. Right. And we're almost speaking different languages. Mm -hmm. That mediator will come in and bring clarity to what each of us are trying to say and say, guys, you're actually not that far apart. You're actually trying to say the same thing. Okay. You're just using really different words and language to explain it. Okay. All right. What's on the opposite of quick start? Because in quick start, I'm a nine. I'm an innovate. Opposite is stabilize. 
Dave Alize. That's right. And then we did Implementer. So, but I'm in the middle of that one. So one end is... The lower end is Envision. Mm -hmm. And the higher end is Demonstrate. Right. So it's like conceptualized versus like very tangible, tactical thing. Okay. So my question, my selfish question is this. It's not selfish. I really need to take that word and throw it up and just throw it away. Is... I think because I told myself this story so long of like my scales weren't worthy, like do, did I possibly like instinctually like hire the exact, like, cause I have a, a, a very high amount of people that are the opposite of me on my team. Correct. Did I like almost instinctually just like, well, th- it kind of became in two phases is I hired a chunk of them in the beginning mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to hire for, cause I knew I needed the opposite of me. And then I hired all of these people and then they've started hiring and now are they hiring the same as them. They're hiring their clones. Yeah. And so we got systems here. And then it's like, I think then people come in and like, literally I just came from a meeting. All the people wanted was some fucking simplification, like nobody's business. I guess my question is also for somebody that is like me, like a standard on-brand visionary, like, is it, I'm curious, is it, do I want more quick start on my team? Like, is there almost too much quick starty sometimes? Like... Do you get my question? I think so. I'll try to answer it. And then if I'm not actually answering Yeah, we're just going to have this conversation. Totally. Okay. So I'll look at it in terms of the size of the company, right? If yeah. you were two people, then no, you wouldn't want more quick start. But you're 16, 17, yeah. something like that. You want more quick start. Yeah. Right? Because if you are surrounded by stabilizers and pulling like back here, I don't want them to be pulling you back, right? You need somebody that's going to help match your energy. You need yeah. somebody that you're going to like fly in here in the morning and be like, guys, I just had this brilliant idea in the car. And the stabilizers are going to be like, okay, Larissa, whatever. And I want you to be able to go to that person and get that energy fix with you. I'm just going to share something with the audience and you, Erin, because this all makes perfect sense now is because I 1000% have so much stabilizers and whatever here. And the person that referred me to you, Suhawk, I started a podcast this year with another person that may... We don't know. In transition, I have some ideas or whatever. You know, he's going in between whatever, but very much so. I was like, let's start a podcast together. And he was like, yeah, let's start a podcast together. Do it. And literally, because I felt like I felt so constrained a little bit in my business. I was like, I got these ideas I want to like do. And they were like, it doesn't fit the mold, you know? And I was like, what mold? Who? What is this mold? What, is there a mold? I didn't know there was a mold, but it was like, I guess there's a mold. I don't know. So I started a thousand percent a secret business. Yeah. And then my team was like, what the fuck did you do, totally. Larissa? Because I think I was like, yeah, I felt constrained. Like in my own business, I was like, what's happened here? Yes. And I reference like this because it's like nails on a chalkboard. The mold? Who the fuck created this mold? Yeah. This mold is not working. I was like, I thought I was like, but I don't know. Like, yeah. I won't say it's frequent that I'll see adapters that have multiple businesses, but it's not infrequent either. Because sometimes this MO has like so much energy that one business almost like can't absorb it. And so that's what they do, right? They'll go and start something else. And also it gives you space to adapt. I know, like, I'm not going to lie. I've been seriously thinking I was like, because I love to travel. And I was like, I have this like kid suitcase. And I'm like, oh, man, I just want to like tweak this a little bit. And then I was like, I could change this and it fits the passions of mine and like all of this stuff. Yeah. That makes it actually like, this is like therapy. I don't know if you realize this, Aaron, sometimes. I hope maybe you do. Everybody, you really should do this and have a consult with Aaron because it's literally therapy. Because I've been like, well, I started this podcast and now I'm like, I don't know. Like, why would I do another thing, but I just want to do it. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to put on my 2024 this like suitcase idea. It's coming for you, world. 
So the opening line to your Colby is, it concludes with, you'll say yes before you even know the end of the question and then turn it into a productive adventure. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what I'm hearing. Suitcase company, yes. Jewelry company, sure. Podcast, absolutely. Right. Family, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes it might get in the way. It was funny. We were having a conversation before this, reflecting on our podcast schedule over the holidays. And we were like, why did we do that to ourselves? Try to like maintain this thing so... So still like weekly when we're in the middle of like throes of our busiest season. And then Larissa said to me, she's like, yeah, Andrew, you and I are sometimes a little too, too yes people. And we uh-huh. just, that's not good sometimes to have both of us be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it. good. I mean, it's not, I think that's what Aaron is really trying to like, I think this is like, we know, like, I shouldn't say we know better, but it's like, there's no good or bad. There right. just is. And I think what I'm really realizing is that for this podcast to kind of keep on doing and keeping us in our zones, we might just have to find somebody that is a little bit more systems and high fact finder to kind of keep all of the things running so we don't have to do it and we can stay within our zone. Yeah. That's what I feel like I hear Aaron say. I think so too. I'm not interested in taking on another role at this point, but I feel like I would look at like, I feel like I would look at like the last two weeks of December. I don't know what your schedule is over the holidays to be like, guys, you're in retail. Don't do this to yourselves. And you would be like, oh yeah, that's probably a good point. But like, Yes. Yeah, nobody was saying that in any of the meetings. That's that yin to the yang. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like at separate points when we're planning this holiday season, one of us would be like, well, should we? And then the other one would be like, yeah, we can totally do it. And then like the other one, you know, a couple weeks later would say, well, should we maybe like tone it back during the holidays? And the other person would be like, no, we're going to totally do it. And we're like, okay, we're going to totally do it. And we'd pump each other back up. And then once we were in it, we're like, are we doing this to ourselves? But we're just like, we already made that. We already committed. Yes. You know, we're in this. Yes. And that's the two yes people. Right. Right. Like that's the, and again, there's something really wonderful and powerful and energetic. And it was an outlet when you needed that because you didn't fit into the mold. There's really wonderful benefits to it. And then it's like, oh, why? Huh. It's all just just becoming, I can see clearly now. I don't know why I'm in a singing mood today. The truth will set us free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the thing about the Colby when I took it is like just the the paragraph that that was written and said like what my life feels like right now. I was like, how did how did they know this? What is it? It said something. Okay, I'm gonna, I want to know gonna, your paragraph. I'm going to go to my paragraph and I'll let you know what it says. My paragraph says, Andrew, your Colby A index result shows you've been working very hard. You're probably tired of making such great efforts, but may not be getting the results you need. Colby theory can explain why the, why and how that is happening. And like just that sentence to me, I was like, yeah, Uh that's kind of how I feel right now. Actually, not kind of how I feel. This is how I feel right now. It's powerful, right? Like I joke and I fully acknowledge that I drink the Colby Kool-Aid. I know this stuff. I love this stuff. But there is a reason. Like I have been doing this for coming up on 13 years, given over or like administered almost 8,000 Colby's. I've worked with tons of companies and, and it is so valid every single time. Yeah. I read that. And then I text Larissa immediately and said, the results for this Colby thing are scary. Mm-hmm. Like scary yeah, you did. accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like it really, the transition results is really accurate. There's always a story behind. Again, I fully acknowledge I drink the Colby Kool-Aid. I also fully acknowledge that this is my business, but it also very much has become a social passion, right? Yeah. Because why are we continuing to be square pegs and round holes why are we continuing to try to be yeah. something that we're not? We should have evolved far past that. And I think Colby is a really powerful tool to help us get there. How long has it been around? It's been around since the early 80s. So do you think that 
people struggle more now because they see the person they think they want to be on, say, social media or things mm. like that? Do you think that influences people saying, like, I want to be the best business owner because I have podcasts and Twitter accounts that say this is how you have to be the best business person or entrepreneur? Oh, that's such an interesting question. I think I think we're more accepting of different individuals now versus like when I think about and I'm, you know, not a generational expert, but when I think about, you know, big corporations in the 80s and like early 90s, I feel like you had to work a certain way. You know what I mean? Like you were in there, you were, you know, right. not working at a computer because we didn't have them yet. So I don't really understand what you did with your workday, but you were working. And I feel like we're coming more towards this place of individual, but there still is very much a very public perception of what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, what does success look like, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like we have more pressure for those things today in an interesting way. But I, again, I'm always just going to advocate that we peel all that shit back and get to our core of who we are. That's so true because a, a lot of the guests, and I'd, I'd say almost all of, the, all of the guests that we've had on this podcast the thing that when their business took off, it was when they stopped thinking about what they thought others wanted them to look like yeah. and really did what they felt like was at their gut, part of their body, that their business took off after that. Absolutely. It's a moment I've identified in every one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. It, it's so true. I um, did a little deep dive and I, I I know some of the Colby results of some of the previous guests that you've had. And I was like, yep, Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when you say that, I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, that makes sense. Oh, my God. I like, I want to know. I just like want (laughs) to know so bad right now, but. That's their story to tell. Yeah, I know. So I think like to play devil's advocate a little bit here, because we kind of like not, we went past it really quickly in the beginning, kind of when we were introducing Kobe or whatever. But it was like, you know, like some people want people listening and be like, well, I've done my Myers-Briggs or I've done my Enneagram. And like, because those are kind of like the two like popular ones right now. Can you kind of explain like, why those are so different than Kobe and why you think like, you know, why should we pick Kobe over this? Because there is a versus like there's like free 99 things like, you know, they're kind of like half free. If you want yep. like the high level short yep. paragraph, Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, you can take them free online. Yeah. One thousand percent. There is a fee with Kobe. I'll acknowledge that. But like, what is it that like you feel like is just like so much better than like, how are they different? Great question. So many, there's many things, right? And again, fully acknowledge, drink the cool, be Kool-Aid. I, I truly believe that your instinct is your core of who you are. And we've kind of alluded to this, but quality also has the data to back that your instinct is not going to change over time. Your Myers-Briggs can change, your Enneagram can change, et cetera. This is constant. When I'm working with teams, one of the things that I love about Colby is Even if you don't remember the nuances of the mode and the definition and things like that, when your staff walks into your office and sees your three fact finder, it's like, I'm giving her too much information, right? There is a very relative appeal, very relative dynamic between if you are higher on a number and someone else is less than, you can't give them everything you have or else you will way overwhelm them. And so there's just this real inherent way to understand how you work in relation to others, to communicate with them differently, to problem solve with them differently, to understand when you need to pull them in differently. And these are all variables that I think are easier access with Colby than with other tools on the market. 
Yeah, I th- I would say that's really true because it's I've never taken like an Enneagram or a Myers Briggs and been like, oh, I know exactly like who like what other like things to hire on my team. Exactly. For, like we have a position that we just posted that like we are looking for a certain Kobe like mix, you know, to kind of like complement my team because as I've said many, 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 many times already now, but we like really went for like fact finder and systematize a ton. And like, we just though naturally like attract higher implementer because of the nature of our business. Absolutely. In a certain department actually, but in like other departments, like it could be zero there, you know? So. Yeah, it is. This was the first one I've taken out of the Myers-Briggs Enneagram where I was like, oh yeah, this feels like my, the clouds have parted. Oh, yeah. I think especially for you being in like transition here a little bit, like there's none of those tests would ever tell you that you're in a transitional phase in your life. Right. Or talk to me. I don't, that's the other thing is I don't understand how Kathy Colby was able to read all this stuff to me. I was like, how is this She's possible? inside your brain. Seriously. Yeah. That I, Colby has put a lot of work into the results and making them as user friendly as possible. Yeah. Okay. Aaron, this was amazing. So hopefully people have listened to this and maybe they are like they want to work with you now. So can you tell us a little bit more on how people can find you on the interwebs? And yeah, absolutely. So my company is called The Instinctive Advantage. Great name, but just really long. So I'm not going to spell it out, Um, but they can just Google The Instinctive Advantage or theinstinctiveadvantage.com. That has all my information. I have a pretty active LinkedIn site as well, Aaron Wordy. And, you know, by all means, I encourage people to reach out. I'm happy to answer questions. This is my true professional and personal passion. And so if I can help unveil these talents in somebody's world, I'm more than happy to do it. That's awesome. I just, yeah, Aaron, thank you so much. Like you truly were like the gift, I feel like to me and my company this year that I didn't know. Like Aaron knows I kind of fought it a little bit. I was like, I don't need this. Thank you. I was like, I don't know if we're just going to go play pickleball or something, you guys. And that's going to be our team building. But it was so great having you as a person that is always like, I don't know, guys, we don't need to do that. And but it was really like the biggest gift I want to say. So I just truly thank you. I want to say thank you. It was a little bit of therapy and unveiling a lot of things. And it was really, really great for me. I don't know about Andrew, but yeah, yeah. this was so eye opening for me as well. And I really appreciated just like talking through it and and seeing what the results maybe mean and kind of explaining them to me. And I felt like that really opened up a lot of doors for me. (laughs) It kind of gave me a little bit more of a direction to go. And I really appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. My my absolute pleasure. And thanks to both of you for having me here today. What a joy. Can I say one other implementer comment? Yes, please. So I've done not a ton of podcast interviews, but I don't know, maybe like a dozen or so over time. First one in person that I've done here and the setup and the equipment, like most of the ones I've done are like over Zoom and we're like, you know, trying yeah. to figure it out. No, no, no. That is not going to do it for you too. And so, yeah, you're shaking your head like that would never happen. Well, it's actually really funny that you say this because 1000% maybe it just shows up on the implementer column. So Andrew and I, like when we started doing this, this was kind of like what we were told like, this is like for my husband, he was like, here's the gear and this is what you're going to do. We're like, cool, cool, cool. Like, this is like, this looks cool. Like we've got the sure mics and everything. Oh yeah. But uh, we've now tried to do a couple digital ones because you have access to so many more people. Oh my God, Andrew and I have conversations all the time. We were like, those are painful. <laughs> like literally trying to do this on a Zoom screen for us is like the conversations yeah. we find are just not quite what we want them to be. Like yep. it's being in this room with the energy and the connection and the, the things like yeah. it just is like we love it like eight thousand times more. We'd 
much rather now, like for the current year, we're like, how will we pack this up and then just go do podcasting in front and with people versus like mm-hmm. digital because it just doesn't work for us. Implementers love to read body language, right? Yeah. Oh. And so that's my for And then just the, again, the qual- implementers love high quality things, high quality equipment. So, you know, we're all wearing headphones, the microphones. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about these things, but I'm assuming that they're all quite high quality mm-hmm. gear and you wouldn't have it any other way. Right. Yeah. Oh, I think that's interesting because I'm like a five. Like, I'm like, I'm always like, I can go mid-range on like a lot, a lot of stuff. But Andrew here is pretty high. And there the person that recommended this is my husband. And I'm super interested now to see where he ends up on certain Kobe scores. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I definitely, I feel like the equipment's great, but it also has to be good. So, like, I'm also continually go, like looking around the room. It's like, how do I deaden the noise in here? Like, how do I oh, yeah. make this even better so that the editing's better on the backside? So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It does make a ton, thousand, eight thousand percent sense that you're the person in the room that is uh, plugging in all of the equipment and everything, that, right. like setting up the gear. I just like, do you walk into a room? We will event, we'll end this podcast here in a second. But I'm like, do you just like walk, like once you know people's scores, do you like pick up people's mannerisms? You're like, oh, that checks out. That checks out. Oh, yeah. Like I've never been in your office before. Lots of stuff on the wall. Very colorful. Right. And even the board was created so you could hang things on the wall easily. And so you could probably move them around easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. It just makes a lot of sense. <laughs> this just all makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. Okay. I know yeah. we can, I know we need to end, but thank you. No. Thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yes. And you can find her again at the instinctive, instinctiveadvantage.com. Thank you so much. I can't wait to talk to you after I redo my Colby in, I don't know, six months. Oh, okay. That's how long you have to wait. I, I don't know. What, like, how long do you have to wait if you're in transition? It really depends you, until you kind of feel like you have your groove back, right? And so it could be, it could be six months. It, you know, if it's like a more acute situation of, you know, my kid moving out and now I need to get, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that's a little bit shorter. But I feel like <laughs> this is the podcast that doesn't end. But I feel like for you, it's about figuring that you need that person in place. Yeah. You need that person that will help stabilize so you get to be that more traditional visionary and you get that energy and that freedom back. Well, then I need to start solving that problem. And hopefully in six months, I'm back in my groove. Exactly. This had ended because we very much so needed to know that information for Andrew. Yes, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we? Yeah. Also, Andrew's going to have a job opening here soon. So yeah. Advertising or the podcast. If you know somebody that likes systematizing and fact finding and all of that stuff, then you let us know. So job is hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Wow, Larissa. That was that was eye opening. That was so eye-opening and honestly it was like super interesting because I you had texted me like we said and you were like, "Oh my god, like my results, but I didn't really know your summary beforehand and that made so much sense to me." Yeah, when I got my results, I kind of couldn't believe it because I felt like they were reading my mind because a lot of the stuff that was in the results were already things that I was thinking and I felt like I should be doing. But what I didn't realize is the reason why I was feeling that way was because I was working against my instincts and not with my instincts. So moving forward, this is gonna be a huge unlock for how I work now that I have this information. Yeah, I think it was really um, such an impactful episode and I really do recommend everybody to take your Kobe. Um, 
it will honestly just feel like um for that 55 dollars it'll just will feel like therapy honestly it's like the cheapest one of the cheapest therapy sessions you're gonna have right if you feel stuck this might also help redirect you towards what your instincts are and what you should be focusing on yeah and then hiring for what you're not i think that's like the biggest thing is like hire for what you're not you know like it's not that you're i think that's like the is to another big key takeaway is to take away is like that it's not that it's good or it's bad it's just that it's not instinctually you but somebody other than you has those instincts and leverage that out of them so that it can feel like a lift so that you can be working within your instincts and they can be working within your instincts because it sucks when you're not working within your instincts yeah it does suck when you're not working within your instincts so i'm excited to see what happens uh between now and the next time we have aaron on And with that, thanks y'all for listening this week. And Larissa, go ahead and roll us out. If you love today's episode, definitely please share it with a friend. um, And then follow us on social media. And then send us an email if you really liked today's episode. We're trying to find that really unique blend of like entrepreneurs and the entrepreneur experts. So if you know an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur expert that maybe just kind of has some of those unlocks that you feel like entrepreneurs need, please let us know. We're booking at the rest of 2024 and we would love to talk to them. And with that, bye.